We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. Jack is still traveling, but back with me again. Will Jackson. Will, how are we doing? Yeah, not great, Nick. Uh, it was just a rough game all around. It was a rough game defensively, rough game offensively. Nets showed uh, a lack of energy in this one and just really put a whole bummer on the game just from start to finish. Uh, we tried to come back. We just The Suns just kept going on runs and hitting every shot. It's just not a great one for the fans tonight. Yeah, definitely not, not a lot of effort, and you got a bad feeling after the first quarter for this one. Nets lost 138-112 on the road in Phoenix after a very nice win in Portland. But before we dive into a quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, and Dash Radio. But, Will, what were your initial reaction in that first quarter where Phoenix was already up 20 at one point? You know, the Nets did a nice job of coming back, but when you allow a team to get up by 20 in the first, you're digging yourself in a hole. Uh I mean, when I was watching that, for, especially the first half of that first quarter, it, it was just like, what's going on? Phoenix was hitting every single shot. I think they made 10 straight at one point. Yep. And the, it just felt like the next Nets um, weren't showing any energy on defense. They weren't showing anything on offense. And I think the big takeaway from that first quarter is so many offensive fouls against Jared Allen. I mean, he was just really disrupting everything on both sides of the ball. I think it's clearly his worst game as a net, and this is his third year. Um, and it just really, you know, when you get off to that poor of a start, it's not going to go well the rest of the game, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I felt like, you know, Phoenix was hitting everything. You mentioned the Nets didn't disrupt them, and they're confident. They've got off to a really nice start this season. Obviously, it's been losing in Phoenix for the last few years, so they're riding that momentum. It didn't help with the Jared Allen situation. Three offensive fouls. I'll defend Allen, though, in a sense, because if they're going to call those type of offensive fouls on Jared Allen, they need to call it on the other end, and I don't think Phoenix was called for one offensive foul the entire game. So I wasn't too happy about that, especially a guy like Jared Allen not necessarily moving people with his body. It didn't help, though, because in Portland, he was amazing. Exactly, and I mean, I know Ryan Rucco, if you were watching on the Yes broadcast, made a point where a lot of the, call, a lot of the calls on Jared Allen were really ticky-tacky. It could even call it either way, but just overall, I mean, that just can't happen because – 
I mean, he had five total personal fouls. Four of them were offensive fouls. I don't really remember any time in my life of watching basketball that I've seen a stat like that before. So it was just not a great game for him. But, you know, you can't just put on Allen. This was just an awful game all around for the Nets. We'll move on from Jared Allen. Obviously, the team missed him, especially offensively with his vertical spacing. But you hit it on the head. A lot of guys didn't play well. You know, Joe Harris didn't have a good game. Torian Prince continued to struggle. And this is probably Kyrie's worst game as a net so far. Yeah, Kyrie, this was the first game as a net, and I know this sounds crazy to say this, I didn't score 20-plus points. 7-16 um, to 16 isn't bad, but he was a minus 31 tonight. I mean, pretty much the entire starting unit, except for Karis LeVert, was minus 20 or below. So, I mean, it just was not a good night for the starting unit. It wasn't the best night for Kyrie. Um, he only had five assists, which is a little low for him from the season. I just, it just didn't feel like he was finding it tonight, and he really found it early on in the season in Portland. He found it late, and then this game just didn't get it going. And I think part of that is he only played 25 minutes when the Nets really got out of it. We didn't really give him a chance to get going late. So the stat line kind of looks empty, but it was also because he was limited. Yeah, I just felt like he wasn't as aggressive tonight offensively looking to attack. He he picked his situations, but like you said, he kind of almost just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't too happy with his defense tonight either. Just not a great game. But we talked about Torian Prince last night or two nights ago on, on the Portland game kind of struggling. This was another kind of iffy performance for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did go two or three from long range, which is what you like to see from him. But defensively, wasn't great. Three or five. I mean, the stat line looks decent. But, I mean, it was just an overall. He wasn't – he uh, just wasn't looking well tonight on defense for me. Yeah, he just wasn't very impactful. You didn't necessarily feel him out there and like, oh, Torian Prince, like, oh, he's having a game. He's doing something. But just wasn't a lot of that – would you say just like 99% of the problem this game was just the Nets' effort level? Uh, I, we did look lethargic a lot, and I think that's a lot of the problem. I'm not going to put entirely on that. I mean, Phoenix, we have to give credit to them. They are an incredibly well-coached team. They shot they 45% from three, yeah. I mean, Devin Booker is just turning into a superstar in this league, and I mean, D'Angelo Russell, good friends with him, and Mr. Buddy D'Lo, hopefully they can pair up one day because – God, that would be a lethal backcourt. But, um, no, Phoenix is just an incredibly well-coached team, incredibly well-put-together team at this point in the season. I mean, it's not like this was their first one of the season. They beat the Clippers. They beat the 76 or so. We can't look past that. I think that we were just playing a better-than-expected team. We were somewhat unprepared, and we were also, also lethargic. Yeah, I think it was a combination of maybe – just the effort level wasn't very, very high to start this one. Phoenix got the momentum and the confidence going, and I think they underestimated them, and like a lot of teams have going to the season. This is a different Phoenix team. Monty Williams has done a great job coaching them. Ricky Rubio is doing a great job coaching them on the floor. They're running sets. They're taking advantage of things. And then uh, the Nets with them taught hitting on the defensive effort, the amount of backdoor cuts that Phoenix was able to hit in this game was crazy for an NBA-level game. Yeah, no, I mean, it, was, it just goes back to the defense. We weren't switching well. We weren't just sticking to our uh, our assignments. And just Phoenix was getting everything inside, outside. Just It felt like everything was pretty open. There were some points in the game when we tried to come back that it felt like we were contesting shots better. But overall, just Phoenix was getting everything inside, outside, and we weren't doing enough to stop them. And even when you're trying to make that comeback, you let a team get so confident from three, they're going to start hitting tough shots and just feel like they can run everything on you offensively. And that felt like the case tonight. Now, we know defense has been an issue for the Nets essentially the entire season so far. They've had a couple good stretches. Do you think the biggest problem is defensive communication, defensive talent, or defensive scheme? Um, I mean, I think something that we have to remember is that this is still a fairly new team. We're nine games into the season, and 
a lot of the guys playing didn't play last year. I mean, Kyrie Irving and Torian Prince, and then also, like, Nick Claxton, Zion Musa. These are guys, and DeAndre Jordan, these are guys who weren't on the team last year. And it's going to take a while for them to adjust to playing together. I mean, none of these guys, none of the new guys played together last year either. So it's just kind of a mix, I think, of just still finding your footing, finding good communication with each other. And then also just, like we hit on so many times already, it just felt like everyone was lazy out there. Nobody was giving 100% effort. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things like you said. It's the effort level needs to pick up. Guys are just not committing 100% defensively. And hey, it's not going to happen for 48 minutes every single game. But there has to be better stretches, especially to start games. And then you mentioned it, you know, a lot of new players in this team, communication is not great. There's just so many times where guys are getting wide open threes or wide open layups and there's not help there. I think some of that maybe is a little bit of the scheme, making adjustments with Kenny. But a lot of it is guys just not knowing where their teammates are going to be on the floor and not having each other's back. You know, a good defensive unit in the NBA is going to have good help defense, good team defense, and the Nets don't have that right now. Yeah, this was easily our worst defensive game of the season. I mean, I know that's crazy to say considering it felt like on every episode you and Jack or me and you have mentioned that the Nets defense continues to be the problem. But tonight giving up 138 points to a young Phoenix team, that's just something that you can't do. Yeah, you just have to make it more difficult for them. There's no way they should only commit seven turnovers to shoot over 50% from the field or 45% from three. You just kind of have to dig in and kind of do something about it. But turnover-wise, the Nets had 17 turnovers. Not terrible considered uh, they've been leading the league or in the bottom five of the league in terms of turnover percentage. What would you think in that area? Um, I, I don't think that was a problem tonight as much as it has been. I mean, I know there were a few games um, a week ago or a couple weeks ago where we were averaging like 20 games. So I think that area has definitely improved a little bit. I mean, I think that's going to happen when you start to play together more, especially on offense. When you play together more, you start to click more. And those, you know, stupid turnovers from like Spencer Dinwiddie that we were getting early in the season, those are happening less. Spencer actually um, only had one turnover tonight, which is good for him. But um, no, I mean, that's something that, I mean, it's still a problem. You can't have 17 turnovers in the game and win because Phoenix only had seven tonight. But it's something that we're getting better at, and I don't think it was the biggest problem tonight. Yeah, I think it definitely could be better, but it wasn't the biggest issue. Defense was clearly the biggest issue. What did you think of DeAndre Jordan returning from the ankle spree? And I thought he looked pretty spry. I thought this was his best game as a net so far. 16 points. He had um, 8 and 9 from the field, which is really good. Um, 11 uh, defense, 12 total rebounds. Um he actually looked really energetic, a lot more than I thought he would coming off of a, uh, a sprained ankle. Uh, I thought that he was better than Jared Allen, obviously. I thought he might have been the best player on the floor tonight, uh, or at least ones that played at least 15 minutes. What did you think of him? Yeah, I thought he looked good. It might have been his best game as a net. It's always tough to say because it was such a losing effort. Mm-hmm. But I did like the fact defensively he was a lot more mobile. He was getting out of the paint, you know, all season yep. long. He essentially has been locked in the paint. Tonight we saw him even switch out a couple times. That's something he wasn't doing. So positive stuff from DeAndre. But talking about another big, he ended up getting some uh, minutes in garbage time, and that was rookie Nick Claxton that fans are loving after the Portland game. Nick, I I can't stress this enough. I love this man. (laughs) Another really solid night for him. Only 12 minutes, which, I mean, you're going to expect when you're a rookie. He probably wasn't going to play tonight if it was a close game late and Jared Allen wasn't playing as poorly as it was. But um, if we were down, I think, around 30 in that fourth quarter, he started the fourth quarter. And, I mean, he was catching those alley-oops, which is something that you love to see. And, I mean, defensively, he looked solid as well. I mean, I just – if he can start, you know, being able to move out of the paint and hit outside shots. And, I mean, I know I saw Kenny mention pregame that Nick Claxton, he has the ability to guard all positions. And that's going to be something that helps him get into the rotation later on. And I'm really just excited to see what he can do moving forward. 
I think the defense is the thing that excites me the most. There's a clip on my uh, Twitter page, OTG underscore Nick, where he's locking up Devin Booker for about 10 seconds. Like that, I mean, the game at that point, the game didn't necessarily matter, but just showcasing the ability that he has, quick feet, using his length, I think it's almost going to force Kenny to play him at some point during the season. I don't know when it's going to happen, but if nobody else is playing defense and he's showcasing these abilities, you kind of got to get him some minutes. He's 6'11", but he still moves like he's 6'5". It's just crazy how like springy and fast and energetic he can be. Exactly, and you want to see that length out in the defense and maybe helping you disrupt, cause turnovers, and just do something positive at the end of the floor. And like you mentioned, I think offense, so the biggest plus for him is going to be like, hey, can you knock down a jump shot? Like, can we put you out on the perimeter and you keep still keep the spacing for the offense? Because if he can do that, then he can end up playing with DeAndre or Jared at different times. If he can't knock down a three, I think Kenny's going to be reluctant to play him because we know he loves his floor spacing. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we saw last year with Trevion Graham playing a lot. If he can kind of transition into that role, but with a lot more potential, I think there's a lot of uh, potential for him to get into the rotation later on. Now, Will, we're not that deep into the season, but what would you say is your biggest concern about the Nets so far? Uh, My biggest concern about the Nets so far would probably just be the defense overall. I mean, it's something that we can fix. I know we can fix it, uh, but we just haven't yet. Um, I mean, there's just something, like I mentioned, it's going to happen the more you play together. But right now, it's just not clicking. And then one more thing is kind of just figuring out the bench unit. I don't think that Kenny really has a solid plan about who he wants to go to off the bench besides uh, Dinwiddie, DJ, and uh, Garrett Temple. Because I think of the rest of the players on that bench, you have Nawabu, who's been on and off all year. You have Musa, who's played 20 minutes tonight but didn't play for the beginning of the year. Claxton, who's just getting his first minutes, and Kruks, we saw what he did last year, but who knows what he can do this year because he hasn't looked solid. I mean, he was solid tonight, but overall he hasn't really He had two turnovers, though, in eight minutes, so I think, like, even Rodion's in garbage time was kind of concerning. Like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with him. I feel like a lot of it is the legal case, and maybe mentally he'll feel better after everything's handled, but you're right. The bench unit is still kind of unknown. You know, you got Spencer, you know you got DeAndre, and you know you got Garrett Temple, but other than that, it's like, Who's going to fill in these extra minutes? Like he's Kenny's definitely giving Moose an opportunity to earn those minutes. He hasn't done a ton, but it's not like he's messed up where you're like, okay, this guy needs to get to the bench. Nawaba just brings no offense. He brings that defense and that hustle, but offensively, he essentially does nothing. And Claxon's a rookie, and like we kind of talked about, it's like, is Kenny going to play too big? But for me, definitely the biggest issue is the defense. I think a lot is communication, so that area should improve as the season progresses. But there is some question about actual defensive talent on, you know, one-on-one defenders or help defense. Like, can this team be very good in that area? Yeah, and I mean, we have guys like Karis LeVert. We've seen him be a very solid defender before. Torian Prince, in his, I think, second year in Atlanta, was one of the better defensive players in the year. So we have guys, and Garrett Temple is known as a 3-and-D guy as well. We have guys who we know can be solid defenders, but they just haven't stepped up yet. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is just we kind of hinted at earlier on is the team defensive. Until the team defense improves, the overall defense is going to improve because it's hard to stay in front of your guy in the NBA, especially with all the pick and rolls. Just that too many times it feels like the guys are either locked onto their man or they're completely forget about their man. It's like there's no in-between. So obviously an area you want to see improvement in. But, Will, any other thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, it was just an awful game, and I mean, I know we have a rough stretch coming up in Utah and then uh, on the road somewhere else out west, but um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's really early in the season. We're not even 10 games in, um, and don't forget, Nets fans, we have a sleeping monster on the bench.
Yeah, I mean, it, it's still very early in the season. There's been plenty of positives where you're not too worried, but you want to see them kind of improve and correct some of these issues as we get further into the season. But as always, thanks for hopping on, Will, and big thanks to everybody for listening. You can find us on iTunes, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Google Play, and Dash Radio. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.